Welcome back, everyone, to the Gravity Dial podcast. I am pleased to be joined by Sam this week. He's one of the founders over at Local Money. You might remember them from Terra, and uh, now they're doing a whole bunch of cool things moving on from those good old days. Um, I'm also joined by my wonderful co-host today, Elo, the founder of Gravity Dial. He'll be popping in and out from interviews once in a while. He likes speaking on these subjects, so it's always great to be joined by Elo. I also do want to disclose before we get into conversations that I am a holder of local token. Um, I know that uh, <laughs> I don't I don't usually talk about tokens on this. I don't usually don't talk about investments, but I do want to say I do hold that. So I'm going to try to be as much of a neutral party as possible, though, um, keeping that in mind. So. Without further ado, Sam, thank you so much again for joining us. And do you mind just quickly giving listeners an overview of who you are, where you're coming from in crypto, and just a bit of your background? Sure, sure. Thank you guys for, for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm a fan of Gravidal and of the Lunar Assistant as well. We use that in our Discord. So yeah, thank you very much. Um, um, first time that I remember hearing about crypto, it was 2011. Uh, and that was a startup uh, in Rio. I am from Brazil, but I live in the past, uh, for the past seven years, I, I live in Colombia. And that also has to do with my crypto story. But before that, um, yeah, in 2011, I read about it somewhere, about this digital money that couldn't be copied. And uh, I was talking to a friend and this friend had that background in economics and I was always a developer. So I talked to him about Bitcoin and he dismissed the whole idea because it couldn't work because the world need the fractional reserves so people can have credit, et cetera, et cetera. And I kind of dismissed it as well at that time, which is kind of sad. But uh, in 2015, I moved uh, from Brazil to Colombia and then um, I started having the need to send money back back and forth uh, from Brazil and Colombia, maybe like send money to my mom in Brazil or, or, or something like that. And then I, and I realized there was no simple way of doing that. And I, and I remembered this thing called Bitcoin and I found this website called local Bitcoins, which is a, is a centralized peer to peer marketplace. And then I started using that as a, as a way of sending money from, from Brazil to Colombia or Colombia to Brazil. So I fell in love with Bitcoin. And since then I've been like trying to get involved in everything I can in crypto, like went to some meetups, met some people. And in the end of 2017, I applied for two jobs. One at the Ethereum Foundation, cause I had a friend working there. And uh, one for a cryptocurrency called Dash, which was like top five at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky enough to land both jobs, but I decided to work at Dash. So, and I worked at Dash for three three years. What caught my my attention to Dash at the time was that they was giving like a very big push towards uh, adoption in the real world. So that was like what caught my attention. That what made me go work there instead of the Ethereum. Ethereum sounded like mm -hmm. more I like more an abstract idea to me, like this super world computer. Instead of like a, a digital cash that people could use in their day-to-day -day payments, sound that more natural and more real for me. So, yeah, but uh, you don't take uh, you don't take out the right decisions in your life, right? Today, of course, I, yeah, I could I, uh, I of course I would have uh, learned a lot as well working at the EF, but whatever. Then I, after three years working on the wallet team. 
uh, in Dash. I, I even like went to Venezuela at the time. We had like about fifty thousand monthly users only in Venezuela, so that was like something really impressive for it for like these old uh, UTXO coins. So after that, like I got um, quite bored of working in a crypto that didn't have DeFi in it because everyone was like talking about DeFi and smart contracts. And me as the developer, I always want to, to, to develop stuff like that is innovative. So yeah, then I found Terra and because of Terra, I found about Cosmowasm and yeah, I started like learning Cosmowasm, sent a proposal to Terra and the rest, I think the rest of the story hmm. is very well known to, to the Terra yeah. community. Yeah. Very interesting, Sam. Yeah. So it sounds like the product that you're currently building really comes from your own experience and your own needs. Yeah, it's back something from, that I, you, know, you use. Yeah, back from using Bitcoin to where you are right now, uh, building local money. Could you give an overview to what local money is for the people who don't know about it? Here in Latin America, the most uh, common way to get in and out of cryptocurrencies, like from fiat to crypto and crypto to fiat, is not through like a Coinbase exchange or something like that, but uh, local, like not local, but peer-to-peer -peer services like local Bitcoins, local Ethereum, Binance peer-to-peer. But they're all centralized and they all are all custodial and they're all rely on a centralized provider. They all like store all your data in centralized servers so there's a lot of risk and also there's a lot of delay because you have to send if you want to uh, let's say you want to sell some crypto you have to send to to binance wait for the deposit to to confirm then you then you have to switch to like transfer to another wallet like with local you have like all the same functionalities without the bad stuff without the custodial part without the centralized service and everything you will access directly from your extension wallet in your browser, just like any other dApp. And when you enter the page, you will see people that are willing to to buy and sell crypto for the fiat uh, of choice. And that's mm -hmm. basically it. It's a marketplace. And this marketplace has features to protect the users, like a uh, reputation system, a an escrow system that uh, holds the crypto while the fiat is being transferred transferred between parties and yeah systems like that that helps the the, the the both parties to communicate and interact during a trade i definitely want to break down some of those aspects there because i think it's it's really cool what you guys are doing and also just incredibly important considering where the space is going you know i'm here in the u.s right now uh and i feel like every single day when i look on my newsfeed, it's regulation 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 uh and we have absolutely no idea where that's going um, and it's always great to just, you know, you have to wait those seven days to wire transfer your money and then you actually deposit your money and the money gets in and then you actually buy your crypto and it's another, oh, three, four, five business days before you can settle and then actually interact with that. So if I'm trying to do a swap on some decks and I want easy access to um, a decent amount of capital all of a sudden, uh, it's not it's not possible to do in an instant. I really have to think it out and make these moves in advance. And so I think just the fact that you guys are doing a peer-to-peer -peer option, um, which I, I not only will uh, help people, I think, in something like the U.S., but also just around the world and those who might not have e as easy access to some of these uh, clients of onboarding for Web3 or crypto. 
Um, just going into that a little bit, I want to hear more about the reputation system. So how does that work? Because I, I know that's going to be one of those things when you are trusting another party, um, you want to minimize counterparty risk in these in these senses. So how does the whole reputation system work for local money? Yeah, of course. Uh, one of the first things that we do is that we limit uh, the amount that uh, people can trade according to their own reputation. So every mm -hmm. st everyone starts at ground zero and they have a very low limit that like as they go and do more trades, their, their limit is, is increased. But also it's only increased if they receive a good uh, review from their counterparty. So after they finish their trade, you have like a very simple, like a, like a five-star uh, model review. And, and you can evaluate the, the maker or the counterparty that you traded with. And we also consider other factors like the amount of that, the trades that the, that a person did and the speed also that, that the person takes to, to complete a trade. So that mm -hmm. will help um, people when they get to, to the to the website to either buy or, or sell crypto, they will see trade people that already did a lot of trades, have a good square system, so they are will like will like very unlikely to be scammed or, or, or suffer any kind of fraud. Yeah. No, that that's fantastic and obviously is going to be a very important aspect of building out this system that you're building here. Um, do you mind just also walking me through Let's say I do have $100 in fiat USD and I want to swap that to something. Let's say, well, we'll get into a little bit, but say Kuji. Um, how, do, how do I go through that process? You know, how does this work? Do I put out on, this, on some message board, hey, I want $100 in Kuji or $98 uh, worth of Kuji and then, you know, give a little bit of a, a bonus fee there? Or do you guys take fees? You know, walk me through some of the business aspects of that. Yeah, sure. You will go to, to a website. Uh, actually, our website is already available on Testnet. So if you want to check it out, it's testnet.localmoney.io. But you get there and you see a list of people uh, selling Kujira for dollars. So let's say you want to buy $100 of Kujira. Before that, Ilo went there and registered himself as a maker. So he created an offer saying, I want to sell Kujira for dollars or buy Kujira for dollars. He can create both kind of offers. So if he creates a buy offer, like buy, he's buying uh, dollars or cryptos, if, if he creates a sell Kujira offer, you can go and buy from him. So we will see uh, his offer, you click open trade, he will receive a notification of that new trade and we'll deposit the crypto on the escrow and send you his bank account information or a VAMO, whatever you guys decide to, to use. Um, and then after he confirms the fiat payment uh, that, that you paid him in fiat, he releases the, the, the crypto to you. you. You have like two clicks, like one click in your Kepler and like to sign the transaction, then one to mark as paid when you do the, the fiat transfer and ILO as well. Like we do one click to fund the escrow and one to release. And uh, when you do those kind of peer-to-peer -peer trades, the the maximum that you have to wait usually is the time that the money, the, the crypto goes in and out of the exchange. Uh, usually the, the people working on this platform, they are pretty fast. So I'm having like trades that takes like three to five minutes and more 10 or five minutes until the crypto takes the Binance. So we are going to cut the, the time of trade more than in half because there will no there will be no waiting for deposits because it will be directly connected to your coupler. 
And about uh, fees, uh, we charge 1% fee of every trade. Of that 1%, 50% goes to the local holders. Basically, we buy local tokens and burn it. 40% um, go to a war chest that will later be used for whatever the protocol needs, if either that, like development or anything. Like we don't want to to be sustainable based on tokens, or the, otherwise we want to have like revenue on the protocol itself. So the protocol will control the, this war chest. And one thing interesting about this war chest is that it captures whatever crypto is being traded. So if people are buying using the uh, the, the the platform to buy and sell stable coins, the war chest is is, is accumulating stable coins so basically it accumulates the more popular assets that are traded on the website and the remaining 10 percent of the fee go to the kujira stakers wow yeah we were launching the kujira platform so that we will receive 10 percent of the fees on every trade that, that that are completed on a local we will have to get into kujira in a little bit but i know elo you want to ask a bit about uh some of the um Maybe like case studies of some of this stuff. No, I actually want to talk about Kajira because I love Kajira, <laughs> and it's. Uh, you want to get Kajira? Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna talk about Kajira a little bit. You can talk about Kajira. Let's talk about Kajira. Yeah, because um, I mean, you're gonna be one of the first projects launching on Kajira, right? Yeah, a Black Whale, which is a uh, market making vault for other book decks on, on Kajira, yeah, already launched. So good mm -hmm. is the damn. They they were the first protocol to launch and um we are probably going to launch this year yet and also there's another product a protocol coming to kujira's calc finance they did like dc8 so these three protocols together will become like an easy way to you for get into crypto buy or sell crypto in a dca manner and also if you want to provide liquidity on thing you you'll be able to use black whale so yeah like Kujira Prism will have a very nice suite of protocols that are like targeted targeting towards the end user, the user that wants to to use crypto like in their real world. You know? So I guess what went into the decision behind well, there's, there's a lot of pieces here that we have to we have to put in perspective when when you think of the move to Kujira for local money. because um, I know it's been an incredibly difficult time. I think we're all we are we were all lunatics here. We still right. are lunatics uh, at heart. Um, but it has been incredibly just crazy times the last few months, um, you know, figuring out where to go next, what the next step is. So we'll start with just the first part of this. And that is, could you walk us through the Terra crash for local? Um, how did it impact your community as a developer? How did you handle that whole process? Um, and then how did you begin formulating in your mind what next steps there are for the project and where can you bring this forward coming back from what was what will always be known as probably one of the most historical crashes in all of crypto. It was painful, actually. Yeah, we we had just like did our LBP. We were getting ready to launch Ontario. So we had to raise the, a pretty substantial amount for us. Like it's, it's, it's very small compared to all the protocols that are VC based. But since we are like uh, bootstrapped from the ground up and also only with the community funds that that was like huge amount for us and because it was like our money from from the lunatics right from from the people that believe in, in local mm. uh yeah during the crash all all of our funds were on anchor uh we were like our reserves were in anchor and we were using that as our month-to-month -month bank 
and yeah and during the crash when we removed the everything like from anchor and from our liquidity pool everything we had was like 16k from everything from the grant from the lvp like Ouch. we saw like more than 200 300 thousand dollars turn into 16k and with that the price of our of our token also went down because it was paired with usd um then yeah we the we the first the first week was terrible but the, what uh, what was the most interesting thing to me and also like was the attitude of the team on the next monday saying let's do this either way like i was very impressed by their resilience by their will of continuing with the project like me it's easy because like I invited them to do this. I I like kind of had the idea, so so I understand like me wanting to continue. But like then I got like really really uh, not surprised, but like energized it by by their willingness to continue. So that was pretty good. And we spent like two months working with our salaries, paying paying from our own pockets until we were trying to see where, where to go. Kojira was not a blockchain at the time. It was just a project on Terra, seeing where, where they would go as well. We thought we thought about going to Solana because we had Rust devs. and But yeah, Solana has no community in South America and also has a lot of uh, issues with, with availability. Uh, EVM chains were not a possibility for us because we don't have Solidity devs. So we we thought about and we we were evaluating every Cosmos chain that had Cosmosm available in it, and then during this process uh, we moved our liquidity to Avalanche through Wormhole just to tell the community that we are still alive, like hey we are still here if you want to sell your local tokens whatever we have the of liquidity is there for you. But the good part is that uh, the community stick together with us, um, and uh, the token price. I, I don't. I usually I don't talk about the price, but the token price is still five times or four to five times what we we sold at the LBP. So our holders, most of our holders, are still in the green and like a few axes. So that's pretty. I think that's pretty remarkable for something that, <laughs> that like was launched like just with the community no vcs and and from the ground up and resisted that the crash of like the most the biggest crash in the history that's i think that's a testament that our communities took together with us they didn't like dump everything on us so yeah uh, and here we are uh on, on kujura we got a grant from from the kujura community community pool um and we are building on their chain and and the, the synergy we have is, is pretty natural as well. They were building on Terra before, and when they were about to launch their chain, uh, we we got we got in, in touch, and we talked a lot, and we saw that we had a lot of uh, same vision for for what we want for crypto, which is like adoption in the real world, and so it was like a very natural fit. The guys at Kujura are great, uh, both in their like working ethic and also like the productivity that they're, they're monsters that they deliver so so it's amazing to to be part of that 
and I have to say, I really do appreciate the work that you guys put in following the crash in terms of uh, token transfer over to Avalanche. And, you know, I, once again, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want any bias coming out here, but I will say, you know, as a user who needed to migrate token, like uh, I just looked up, a, a medium article online. It was step-by-step. Step, it was pretty clear. And I was like, all right, it's transferred. And Actually, that was, there was a community member and was that's really? just so yeah that just shows how awesome our community is uh, Seki, which is one of our community member he he made a, a very nice twitter thread with a tutorial wall and everyone was asking like like the thing was crashing everyone asking like where is the token and he comes up with this beautiful tutorial and saves my day <laughs> like and and then i like i have that pinned on my on my bookmark bar Amazing. that's the power of the community right there because i'll tell you like without that tutorial <laughs> that was a fantastic tutorial i mean really it really showed the passion of the community right there and it was really a wonderful thing to see and um i'm thank you for sharing your story as well because i know it's tough it's tough to talk about in hindsight but i think any project that can come out of this uh will be stronger as a result of it and we'll be able to build back stronger um and then as you mentioned you know there's so many exciting things coming to kujira between uh, obviously local, but then we have um, the Black Whale. Um, we also have Calc, who are going to be a podcast guest in a couple of weeks, I believe. So um, just so much, so many interesting projects coming up. And I've, I, mean, I spoke to Dove in an earlier episode as well, and just fantastic conversation, uh, really in tune of what I think is the largest problems right now with, with DeFi and, and the DeFi space as a whole. And, and he's well aware of that, and he's trying to solve it to make it uh, a more sustainable space, a more trustworthy space, uh, and something that people will be able to use uh, going on in the future, which I think is all just fantastic and, and very necessary for um, DeFi and crypto as a whole. Sure. Um, I've got a question here, Sam. So in, in order for local money to achieve its full potential, you need good on and offboarding, right? Is Kijira um, right now investing in an on and offboarding platform? When you say, yeah, when you say on and off boarding platform, like, not sure what you mean, but I think that Kujira is definitely, is sure, like, working on that because they are working on their Kujira wallet. Uh, today, there's a very big limitation in the wallet space. We see that these wallets are, are, are popular, but actually, they all miss a lot of features that we developers need to build our protocols. So one of the things that also that facilitates being so close with Kujira is that one of the features, for instance, that we need to our protocol that is not available on any, on any wallet uh, on the market, and for now we, we have to do a work, workaround, but we are in touch with them and they will implement that solution into their wallet, for instance, which is like just the ability to encrypt and decrypt data with their, with their own keys. And which is something like that MetaMask already has, but not not available in the Cosmos ecosystem. But uh, but yeah, I think that Kujira is, is pushing there also, like trying to solve the problem because we we definitely have a, a, a problem in the wallet space. And I th I think that the guys from the Bytes Digital Group are already coming up with, with a wallet called Obi. Uh, uh, had the 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 opportunity to test, and yeah, I think things will get interesting in in the boarding and onboarding space. And I think that Kujira with the like on and off ramp in their own wallet will be very well positioned with that. I'm curious to know, actually, as we continue moving forward um, with regards to a multi-chain future for local. So 
right now you're on AVAX. Uh, you were on Terra, then AVAX was, I guess, the emergency valve at the time. We moved yeah. to Trader Joe, but do you plan on maintaining a multi-chain presence, or are you just going to make Kujira your main hub for the trading? Um, I don't know. Will you have options to be doing this stuff on other chains as well in the future, or, or maybe not quite at that point yet, but you're, you're going to want to stay focused on Kujira for the time being sort of thing? The answer is yes to both questions. Uh, we will uh, use Kujira as our home base, but we will also launch on, on different chains. The way we are going to do that is like all the governance, the offers, the makers, they will all be on Kujira. But if a taker wants to, let's say, sell or or buy an asset in a different chain, we can use a bridge and, a, and an escrow contract on different chains. So, and for IPC chains, we don't even need the bridge. So, so that's really good. And that's even, even safer. And for our use case, the good thing is that using bridges in our use case is not the same as using bridge, let's say D5 vaults where the money gets locked because when we use a bridge, it's just to transfer the money like from one part to the other. So there's no like money being held at bridges for, for a long time. So so for our use case, bridges are are okay and and IBC will be like a will be like a glove will be perfect for our use case because people would not need to to even know that they are transacting with uh, with someone in the Kujira network. So let's say you want to buy Luna or uh, Axelar or Atom, you can just go to the local, select the asset you want to buy, and someone from Kujira will send an IBC message, and that's it. You get your native mm -hmm. asset on your native chain. That's amazing. And yeah. Unlimited potential yeah. of what you can do with that in terms of what assets you can get, especially if you're linking into things like Axelar. Um, and yeah, the idea is, is to be the own and off ramp for the whole IBC and exactly. eventually IVM as well through Axelar or any other bridge. Mm -hmm. did, did you go to Cosmoverse, Sam? Yeah. It was, How was it? here 10 minutes from my, from my home. Really? Uh, yeah, it went walking. Most of the days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that means real. you had a good time. <laughs> it was amazing. The The Cosmos ecosystem is growing at a pace that it, it's really impressive to see. I've been like watching crypto closely for more than seven years now. And what I saw in Cosmoverse was unheard of. Like every crypto conference that I went was... 20% someone building something and 80% like marketing stuff or even scams. Um, but on this one was a conference focused on the builders, on the devs and on the ecosystem itself. And it was crowded, like it was more than like 1500 person. Like it was really, it was crazy. Like the Uber driver that got me to the hotel the second day, uh, she she told me it's the twentieth time that I that I go to the hotel. Like everyone is going to this event. It was crazy. Like you you could see like crypto people walking the streets in Medellin with with like their crypto t-shirts. It was like Medellin was converted into the crypto city for a few days, and it was really amazing. I could I could meet a lot of the uh, people from the lunatics community, like Mustang people from like the very beginning. People from the local community as well, the, the VG, uh, uh, yeah, some 
yeah, I had like several people talking to me about local. And also because they, they saw the I had the local bow T-shirt. It, it was it was really <laughs> surprising for me, like it like seeing people recognizing our logo and saying, "Hey, you guys from the terror, right?" And it's, and yeah, so yeah, it was it was pretty good event. That's incredible, and that's so. And funny. the quality of the speakers was was in, was amazing as well. Like it was not that they sent someone like from each team the founders of, of like secret was mossy's juno they were all there yeah it seemed like a wild time i mean it seemed like it was popping off every clip i saw of it and then the fact that it was 10 minutes i mean just downtown for you not even no traveling involved there i'm curious though was the um was the audience it was an international audience wasn't it so it was people were I visiting from all 10 to 20 percent were colombian yeah wow a lot of people from asia europe you you could hear like all the accents. It was it was very diverse to be honest. I, I mean, not very diverse because we're like mostly men. That's something <laughs> that we need to change in crypto conferences. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, at least men from all all parts of the world. No, still though. I mean, you look at the. I mean, I feel like a lot of conferences, especially if you go to one in the U.S., it's almost it's usually very U.S. heavy, but. I think it's very cool that in this case it was just you said 10 to 20 percent colombian and the rest was just people all over the world and i think it's great to see you know so many individuals in south america getting involved as well um i didn't is colombia is colombia growing crypto hub right now i'm curious because i i i've never really have explored the scene of, of crypto in, in colombia yet yeah so in the peer-to-peer -peer market colombia is one of the top countries um mm. and also because of the proximity to venezuela a lot of people use crypto to to hedge from the from the bolivar uh, which is the venezuelan currency and yeah uh, colombia is, is becoming popular in crypto the the there was a representative from the from the city yeah he was from the government and he was talking about like transforming managing in the in this crypto valley where people will develop crypto applications here and they they want to yeah they want to support that and promote that so so there's a push as well from from the government for, mm. for that that's great to hear and i think the infrastructure is going to be so important um especially as you mentioned with individuals in countries like venezuela where the currency is is going to infinity <laughs> yeah. in terms of uh <laughs> issuance so it, it's important to have alternatives and easy alternatives to ways easy simple ways in which people can get access and not have to go through uh, 50 different third parties in order to get access to just either gold or, or whatever they need to want to put their money in. Um, moving a bit forward here with the interview topics, I'm curious to hear a little bit more about your philosophical opinions about the space right now. Um, and I'm curious to see where you think the space heads next in terms of challenges. Um, and do you think that crypto can maintain its decentralized aspects right now outside of, you know, more more... Um, traditionally safe, secure, uh, safe decentralized networks like Bitcoin. Um, are you concerned about things like regulation? Um, are you concerned about maybe what regulators could do or could could see to find in something like um, local money? Where do you where do you stand on some of that? Mm. <clears throat> I think you made five questions in one. I know. I do. I do, I do like yeah. to. I do like to put it simply. Where do you think we go with regulations, and then maybe where do we go next with with crypto? Regulations is pretty interesting because, like, we know there's like this country that seems to hate crypto and crypto developers that even arrest them and 
I don't want to mention the name of the country, but this is a very famous country. <laughs> and when we yeah. touch everything about this country, we try to, to be very careful. When it's not something about this country, it's everything is more relaxed. It's everything more experimental and more sane, more reasonable. It's not like you're touching anything poisonous. So um, I wouldn't, I would not say that the, the South American governments are every, everyone, they, they, they are like pro crypto, but they are the least, they don't hate it. So in our area, it seems that, um, yeah, there's a lot of opportunities in, in, in cryptos. So I don't think that regulation will have a huge pushback here. And also like, Naturally, our countries are way more informal than the developed nations. So, for instance, the level of informality here in Colombia is a bit higher than 50%. So, you don't have like a very strong taxing system or, or like surveillance system as, as you have like in more powerful countries. So, things here are more relaxed in that sense, but it's not like it's a free for all land. You definitely can get in trouble if you do shady stuff with crypto here. But uh, unless you're doing like normal volumes uh, and normal uses of crypto, people here are not known for, for having a problem with that. And about uh, about where the market, or not the market, but where the, the industry is going, I think that in the future we'll see a lot of integration and and also a lot of apps that you, you use, uh, we'll use like three blockchains behind it and we will not know. I think that we will start seeing improvements in the UX part of, of things. We were even discussing this uh, with the team this morning, whereas like apps like WhatsApp or, or, or yeah, even like, yeah, any of these apps, they use like three, four protocols, but you don't know, right? Mm -hmm. You just use, use the app. So... Our idea is like in the future that people use like, let's say the local app and even use the app to send, let's say money between countries without even knowing that be behind there, that there's like someone buying crypto in Brazil and selling Colombia and doing the whole bridge for them. They would just like do, do it and wait a little bit. And for them, we'll, we'll see automatic. So I think that we'll see a lot of improvements in, in UX and these chains and the and protocols being composed into apps so you see you see definitely a multi-chain future and just on the back end people will never never have to worry about the back end um, and that is integration across multiple chains and whatever is the most efficient i guess right correct yeah mm -hmm. i agree um you know in 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 europe if you pay with a merchant uh, and this is not about peer-to-peer -peer, this is about just normal transfers like formal transfers um, if you do um, a payment with a merchant, if you pay up above twenty dollars, you're paying fifty um, five percent fees, and then above a hundred dollars, ten percent fees. So it's it's crazy how much the merchant is paying to make these transactions. And I think in just in transactions, peer to peer, cross border, or even just domestic transfers, there's bound to be apps soon rather than later that use blockchain in the back. Um, Maybe, yeah, using different chains, each one with their own specialty um, to do what the app needs to do. Because there's, there's just huge opportunity there. And 
it's kind of nice, you know, if I hear you talk about um, Colombia and the environment there, uh, it, it sort of makes me want to move there. So, <laughs> Actually, Ilo, there's a lot of people coming to Colombia because of that as well, because of uh, this more relaxed approach between crypto and also there's a lot of like tech technology development going on here. So it's really becoming a software software hub in South America. And also because it's cheap AF, right? <laughs> How is it living there? Um, it's pretty good. Actually, the, the weather is pretty good. Uh, things are uh, cheap when you earn in dollars. Um, and it's it, it was safer when I got here. But it's still at the safety levels that I consider okay for a big city in Latin America. So I, I mean, I'm pretty happy of living here, to be honest. There's a lot of green as well, like a lot of nature. Like here in my office, you guys can take a look. Like it's, oh, wow. it's green everywhere in May. What city is this again? Sorry, I, I, I mixed it up. In Medellin? Medellin? That's right. That's right. I, I, I know I knew what it was. I just I was never able to pronounce it. <laughs> I have to hear it to understand it. Um, yeah, we, in Spanish we say Medellin, but in English I think people say Medellin. Yeah, I, I spoke, I took, uh, I took Spanish classes for um, six years, and I, I tried. <laughs> okay, that's, I tried. It's, it's when you do, when you're not in, you're not encompassed in the uh, culture itself. It's tough to actually, yeah, pick it up because you don't get the slang, you don't understand the flow of conversation. It's just very. Muy gringo. <laughs> that is what you end up sounding like, which is unfortunate, yeah. but it is a beautiful language, I will say. <laughs> uh, so, Sam, um, could you give a, a quick rundown of what's next for local in like the next six months, let's say? Yeah, first thing, launching. We can't wait to launch. Like, uh, me personally, I'm getting anxious about it. I can't wait. But we are very getting very close. Um, so, in the next uh, two months, we will be launching. And later, our next steps will be launching our governance module because we want this protocol to be as decentralized as possible. And then um, the integration with other chains. So you're shooting, right for, you're shooting for a launch in the next couple months. Is that is it for the idea for mainnet? Correct, yes. Mm -hmm. and I know so many people are, are looking forward to that. Actually, I'm curious, how will it work to migrate local token from yeah, Trader Joe, AVAX, to the Kujira mainnet. What is the process going to look like? Or can you share any details or is it still confidential? No, not really. It will probably be something very similar to what we did from Frontier mm -hmm. to, to, to Avalanche uh, using a bridge. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we had to talk with the Axelar team about that as well. So we are evaluating the, the bridge options. Maybe we have to do like something of ourselves that burns the token on the other side and means on Kujira. Yeah. Um, yeah, we are checking, but it will be very easy for users. The, the token will be the same. So if you have a token outside of, of Kujira, it wants to migrate, it will be one-to-one. -one. So it will be pretty straightforward for users. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, yeah, I, once again, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I know you guys are looking forward to it, obviously. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's going to be amazing <laughs> to continue to see all these really cool projects launch on the Kujira mainnet. Uh, Sam, I have your, my final question for you tonight, and this is more of a personal fun fact question. Uh, today's actually, you could actually go with answering neither on, on this, but maybe like we'll give you, you can give more a broad answer, but I'll just ask the question anyways. Um, and the fun fact question I'm going to ask you is dogs or cats 
or neither? And if so, neither, what animal would it be and why? One play, one day a cat. For now, uh, my apartment's quite small. I think, to, and I have a and I have a three-year-old boy. But uh, I think I'll, I'll 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 love a cat. I think. I think I'm not like a dog myself. Like, clumsy needs attention. So I think the cat would be more like. <laughs> yeah, the cat would be like on himself and the. Yeah, it, it evens out the energy in the house. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sam is the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I bark here. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you for answering that. Uh, before we wrap up today, I want to also make sure that listeners who want to learn more about local will have an opportunity to do so. So, Sam, do you mind just quickly sharing where should listeners go to learn more? Uh, what are the best social avenues? Should they go to Twitter, Discord? Just throw it all out there. And also, where can they follow you? Yeah, sure. You can follow uh, Teen Local Money on Twitter and check there. There's the link to our Discord if you want to say GM, GN, everyone to, to our devs every day. Go there. <laughs> we, we, we have this, this thing that we we are very close to our community. So we have like our GM and GN channel is, is pretty, pretty interactive. So it's pretty cool. And you can follow me as SamB underscore local. Awesome. And to anyone listening or watching, all of these will be down in the show notes below. So definitely check it out. Get involved with the local community and uh, say GMGN. Sam, thank you so much for your time today. It was really wonderful. And uh, I do appreciate these updates, not only as a, as a local fan, but just to see this project continue to evolve and build back. I, I really do love to see it. And then also, Elo, thank you for being the uh, co-host for today's interview. Thank you, guys. Really, really a pleasure to be here.